All right, on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Dr. Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we've got an interview with Brian Osamoa about his combine preparation, the Senior Bowl, and his OU career, other OU stuff. Another national writer just does not understand OU fans. And we give you an update on winter workouts, and we finish up with winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? Our man, Michael Hosty, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, February 28th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Wayman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match roulette, and Teddy's favorite, craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. Get over to Riverwind, people. Go have some fun. Go win some money. They've got some great promotions in March that they are finalizing the details on right now. You know they'll be good. You know they'll be good. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we're recording this Sunday night. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it. That, w- that wouldn't hurt our feelings. How are we doing, Ted? I'm doing good. It's been a nice weekend. Um, it was a busy weekend for OU Sports, but for me, I'm doing excellent. You want to you wanna know something I did on Sunday? It's going to sure. make you happy. Yeah. Went and hit golf balls. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Getting the, the game deep tuned freeze. up, huh? The deep freeze is over. Little guy was napping. I said, you know what? I was already done with the rundown for the podcast. So I was like, you know what? It's time to go hit some irons, baby. And I, w- I would say better than expected. Better than expected. It's the weirdest thing. I almost always play my best round of the year the very first round out of the gate whenever I haven't played in like six or seven months and then it just slowly gets worse until finally I give it up for six or seven months again and then pick it back up in the spring it's weird but look at you man I love it dedication getting back in the saddle one hour at a time Hopefully my son's nap schedule stays similar so I can, I can get some work in. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, once again, a lot of OU stuff to talk about, and I can't believe we got to talk about this again, but we're going to start here. Our buddy, Jason Kersey over at The Athletic, wrote an article that did a great job of summarizing 
what we've been saying for a while, and that is with, with how things have come together under Brent Venables, OU is in a better place than they were moving forward as they head into the SEC eventually. And Kersey went on Paul Feinbaum's show. Look at Kersey going on Feinbaum. Big time. Big, big time. And he said something that is just true. And w- when you look at it from several different perspectives, but it's certainly from an advanced analytical standpoint, it's true. And Kersey said, quote, every year that Lincoln Riley was the head coach, Oklahoma got just a little worse. And you've heard us say, Very similar things to that on here. Well, Adam Rittenberg, who is a very smart guy that writes for ESPN, who I have done quite a bit of serious XM radio with, chimed in with this tweet about Jason Kersey's comment on Feinbaum and said, quote, interesting point, doesn't match OU fan reaction to him leaving. I, why is this so hard for some people to understand? Why, why is this so hard for people that cover na- that cover college football from a like national perspective? Why, why can't they understand that OU fans can be mad at how Lincoln Riley left, but can also now be excited after how everything has come together under Brent Venables that they can be excited about that and optimistic for the future. Why I, what, where's, where's the confusion? I, I'm confused. I'm confused that these people can't understand this. Yeah, I don't know. Um, And you're right. Well, I'll take your word for it that Adam Rittenberg is um, a smart guy, but when it comes to OU football, he's an idiot. He just doesn't know what he's saying. He has no idea. He doesn't know what the new coach is doing. He hasn't paid enough attention to Lincoln Riley's football teams to realize that there were some real issues there, some issues on the field, some issues off the field. And a lot of those things are front and center, first and foremost, with the way that Brent Venables is is approaching this job, not just because he saw it as uh, maybe lacking under Lincoln's tenure, but it's just how he operates. And yeah, it's true. Well, we'll see, but I, I believe wholeheartedly that we are going to be in a better position moving forward. Does that mean that it's going to happen day one, right out of the gate? No, not necessarily. Uh, I believe they're going to be pretty good right out of the gate, but there, there could be some, some growing pains in there, but it's just, I've come to the conclusion that like, aside from, from giving us some, some details about like what went on with the college football playoff expansion and, and some of like the, the overall college football stuff, don't ever listen to any national writer when they talk about your program. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They don't. They're, they're reading what someone else has said about OU and taking that and just rehashing it. I'm, I'm coming out. I'm going to start and I'm going to put this on Twitter, a do not read list. I'm going to list a bunch of people in college football. Don't read them. 
they don't know what the hell they're talking about whenever it comes to OU. And unfortunately, probably a nice guy, but Adam Adam Rittenberg's going to be on the list. All right, I'll let him know. He'll be he'll be heartbroken. <laughs> but I he he mainly covers the Big Ten. Like he focuses on the Big Ten most most of the time. But I I, I I'm starting to wonder because I, I think we all we all get kind of a, a good chuckle out of all of the OU people on Twitter that still completely flood the USC stuff, right? There was one, it was like USC women's tennis that yeah. was just getting flooded by OU fans. Like, and of course you've got all of their football posts and all of Lincoln's tweets like that. OU fans are just peppering it and peppering it and peppering it. And I, I wonder if, people see that and they they're just like oh well they're still not over it like they're they're not excited about Brent Venables they're still mad at Lincoln Riley for leaving i does that have something to do with it that's like the only thing i can think of i maybe but even that it, it it's the easiest thing ever i mean anyone that's ever been in any type of relationship knows that you can break up with somebody uh, or they break up with you and do it in a bad way and you don't like that person anymore because of how everything went down and then you meet someone new and this new person, it's going to be so much better for you, but you still don't like the old person, right? It's the same thing. I don't understand. the. Half in your relationship is... scenario, mm-hmm. usually though, like the ex, you're you're not constantly commenting on their Instagrams and their tweets. That's true, <laughs> but if you if and there's probably a small handful of people that still want Lincoln Riley back at OU or think that we would have been better. Like we're he he hurt the program by leaving. There's probably some people that still think that. But those people, they don't know what they're talking about either. They're they're like the um they're like the the fan that during the fall on Thursday says, Hey, who do we play this week? Oh right? my gosh. Those fans are the ones that maybe think that OU's in trouble since Lincoln left. Yeah. Just just to recap. Staff has really come together, recruiting at a high level. Uh, you've got Brent Venables. Just a reminder, if if anyone, if you would have asked anyone, any of the national college football writers, who's the best defense coordinator in college football? They would have said Brent Venables. Yeah. They would have said Brent Venables. And they, have, they now have that man running the defense. If you would ask all the national college football writers, Give me your top three offense coordinators in the country. Jeff Lebby's going to be on the vast majority of those lists. They've now got Jeff yep. Lebby as the offense coordinator. It's also clear that OU's administration is upping the investment into the program. And that was, that was something that BV said had to happen. If he was going to take the job, you've got Schmitty implementing a new mentality, a little more toughness. You've got the sole mission thing working on these guys as whole people, not just as football players. 
You've got a new emphasis on academics. Still blows my mind. They're putting out like the academic standouts of the week graphics still. I get I would have been on so many of those. Been so sweet. But yeah, a lot of a lot of good things have happened. A lot of good things have happened. And they're going to continue to happen. Yeah. I I, I think the transfer portal and this is not going to be a way that OU makes a living in the future, but currently to address some, some needs, think the transfer portal is not going to be done. You've heard Venable say as much like um, after spring ball, kind of there's like that small window there before the end of the year. I think there's going to probably be another round of transfer portal stuff happen. And OU could be a player then as well. I, I would like to formally offer our services to any national college football writer that wants to know how the OU fan base is currently feeling. We will gladly help you with your, your article or what it like. If you have questions, just reach out. We're here. We're easily accessible on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us. Well, not you. on I'm Instagram. O- no, I, I'm open to do it. I did an interview. Was it Thursday, Thursday or Friday with, Greg McElroy and Cole Kublik. Oh, right. Love Cole. I do too. The first thing they ask me when I get on there is, you know, OU just posted this graphic that, uh, according to the AP, actually, here's how he said it. Are you okay with OU posting a graphic that, according to the AP, that they're the number one program of all time? or since, since whenever they started their AP rankings, <laughs> I was like, sure, yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, they were, it, I, I don't know what's going on across the country, but I, I, think, I think there's like some anger, or I, I don't know exactly what it is. I, I get the feeling that SEC folks are pissed that Lincoln left because they knew what they were getting with Oklahoma in the program. And now that Venables is there and he beat Alabama's ass twice in the national championship, it's, it doesn't look as, is clear cut. And I think that's got some people feeling like they need to just jump on and try and bury the narrative with OU. It's weird. Once again, offering our services, <laughs> we are here. If, if you would like to talk about how former players and the fan base are currently feeling we would we would gladly uh, gladly like to assist you in that. Okay, collective. That's uh, that's such a stupid word. Uh, nil thing update. Okay, I know a lot of people been me been asking me about this. So the LLC and an operating agreement for Dusty Dvorak and I should be finished this week. So we have talked to. And by the way, some people are like, oh, well, you can make it. A 501c3, no, 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 that, that it just doesn't, I don't, guys, I don't want to get audited and it feels disingenuous to try to manipulate the nonprofit advantages from a tax standpoint and talk to some tax experts. Yeah, no, not a good idea. Don't try to do that. It's not, it's a, when people get wind that there's schools that are doing it through or not, I guess it's not schools, but that people are doing it through the 501 C uh, route. 
it's it, that's not going to end well, man. It's not. No, and we, we actually talked to someone that because I think someone in Texas is doing that, and yep, that pancake deal or whatever they're yeah, calling it. We, we talked to some tax people that may be assisting with some of that. They didn't sound thrilled. <laughs> So we're staying away from that. So this is not going to be a 501c3. Um, We have consulted with a few members of the administration, right? Remember, the school can't be directly involved in this, but we have consulted with a few members of the administration, and they are all on board with our initial plan and recognize they, – they definitely recognize it's something the program needs. And there's there's going to be multiple of these, right? So it is, it was interesting to gauge kind of their response to everything. And we've started working on planning our initial event, already have a venue secured. The plan is coming together. Uh, We have, we have an idea of which players we would like to partner with for the initial event. And we will work to get those guys on board over the next couple of weeks. So coming together. It's coming together, slapped it together pretty quickly, but ball's rolling. That's good. I I think that, you know, these things are going to uh, really start to grow. At least until there's some type of rules thrown out there, and it doesn't seem like that's going to be much of an emphasis at the the current time, and I don't know how much they can – real things back in. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're, you've got that thing up and running. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So now it's important that we grow the network of people that want to volunteer their time or talent to help us out. And once again, I got no issue paying for this stuff, but just have had quite a few people reach out about, you know, helping out and doing it for free. And, if you can keep the costs down, it is the way to get these guys the most money for their appearance or whatever they're going to do when it comes to these NIL events, the deals that you know we're going to try to work out. Also, going to need a logo. So once we announce the LLC name, hoping some people out there, all of you graphic designers, all of you with artistic ability, I'm going to hope you. I'm hoping you can help me out with the logo, and then. We got to find some people that are good at like photography and videography and people that are good at like that are good at decorating stuff. Cause that is not, that's not in the wheelhouse, Ted. I'm, I'm not no. the decorations guy. No, you're, you're going to be a great event planner. Um, that's got a checklist already. Checklist is made organized details. That's going to be great. Now, do you have a name for this? You're just not letting it out yet. We- we have a name that we are filing. Like we, we still have to file right with the state right. for the LLC. So don't want anyone to swoop us. You know, mm-hmm. it's nothing earth shattering. I promise you. it's, it's pretty simple, <laughs> but it is. Yes. the best. Yeah. So uh, we have, we, we have established the name. We just got, we, we got to make sure we get everything lined up uh, from the licensing standpoint. So, and once again, I, We've got people handling that, so that's good. Awesome. Awesome. Now, whenever I want to book talent from the OU uh, sports teams, am I, go- I go through you? Can I go through you to book talent? We, we will be 
so the plan is we're going to have we're going to have a few events but we also are currently and hopefully I've got a meeting this week working with a website developer on some of the ideas we have to get kind of the entire fan base involved so yeah dude a lot going on but hey this is the way I've been this is the way I've said it I, we got to crawl before we walk, bro. Like we can't, we can't try to become CAA overnight. Like it just, it, it's not going to work that way. I was just laughing because I watched the Netflix, uh, fire festival documentary over the weekend. Incredible. And whenever, after I said, can I book uh, talent through you? I was thinking about the fire app where you could book all of the, uh, the celebrities through is that you could have your own, Whatever. I just thought that that was funny. What Billy a McFarlane. What a character. That was, that was crazy. Crazy. You're. I'll, I'll say this. You're a little late on that one, but still, it's <laughs> it's it's a fantastic watch. Uh, okay, we've got we've got some some updates from winter workouts. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Loves has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Loves has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including my favorite, yes, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download Loves. Download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. Opalus Clothing, we know they move quick. They saw all the requests for the It Ain't Good Enough shirt, and they made it happen. It's available right now. Go to opalusclothing.com, O-P-O. L-I-S clothing.com and use our promo code TED T-E-D for 10% off the entire order. Don't forget to buy one of the St. Patrick's Day t-shirts. Uh, you need a, a, a drinking shirt whenever St. Patty's Day rolls They're kind of turquoise. I, they're not as green. I, <sighs> it's, it's green. It's green, but... We've talked to Opalus about it. If you're not pleased with your St. Patrick's Day shirt, you can contact them. They said that. So, like, I know we've had a couple of people be like, this is more turquoise than green. Here's the thing. The whole deal with the green is to not get – you're not going to get pinched if you're wearing this shirt. Okay. okay. Well, there can you we go. we agree on that? Uh, there you go. So, um also, you get the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well, not just the Oklahoma Breakdown stuff with our discount. That's opalusclothing.com. Use our promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off, buttery soft, and 10% off. By the way, the Pantone color is envy green for the St. Patrick's Day shirts. It that's says what, it. That's, that's what, what that is. Envy green. Well, there you so, go. <laughs> People from Opolis sent it to me. They're like, this is a shirt. I was like, okay. They're awesome, though. So <laughs> no, still buy it. Great, it's a great shirt. Come on. They're the best. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Use promo code TED. All right. So weather has not been good 
to the Sooners. So first of all, you, you've got the winter workout stuff going on, right? They're working with Jerry Schmidt, but you also have the coaches. They're trying to get the offensive and defensive systems installed right now. First, the coaches had to learn it, right? Because you had Levy, a new offense coordinator, teaching all those offensive guys who had stayed. And, you know, Joe John already knew a lot of that system, but it's still, it's a different language, right? When it comes to that offense compared to what they've been doing the last several years under Lincoln Riley. And then you've got, you've got a lot of guys that are very familiar with the defense, but you got it. You got to teach it to the players and you only have a certain amount of allotted time under NCAA rules to be with your guys this time of the year. And snow days aren't exactly great for the pre-spring ball install schedule and that they had put together and we're planning on sticking on. So they've had to make some adjustments to that, but they just haven't been able to meet with coaches on those days. So really that, that puts pressure. I mean, that puts pressure on the players to study the system on their own, man. That's, that's what they got to do. That's what they've been doing at home. I think they were able to get together on like Saturday once the stuff started melting off, but mother nature has not, has not been kind to Oklahoma football. Like we, we need these guys learning the system and I will give them credit. It sounds like they've been, they've been really working hard at studying it on their own time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, on your own, the best thing that you could do is really just like defensively is be, be really familiar with all the terms, with all the language and do your best to, to go through some alignments and stuff and some of the base coverages. But, you know, I always, I didn't watch a whole lot of film or go over a whole lot of playbook stuff on my own. Cause whenever you, if you learn it, but you're not learning it the exact right way, you don't want to have to try and erase the first way that you got it into the brain and reprint it. So there is uh there is the right way to do that. And I'm sure those guys will, will be fine, but it's, it's one of the tough things to do whenever you're coming in and putting in a new system and gosh, you remember back to the uh, 2020 season, whenever there was new coaches and new coordinators that came in that didn't get any spring ball, didn't hardly get any summer and had to like cram it all in and training camp and try and go out there. Well, at least we're going to get a good full spring spring ball with these guys and a good, good summer. So Time is definitely critical, but it could definitely be worse. Yeah, but when you think about you know, going back a couple of weeks to that snowstorm, and then with what we just had this past week, guys have missed you know well over a full week of workouts with Schmitty. So that's clearly that's not ideal, right? You you want them to be working with Jerry Schmidt and his staff every single moment that they can. And remember, Schmitty. He definitely uses a lot of the allotted time, you know, when it comes to what you do with the players this time of the year. And he uses it so well, in fact, that sometimes it makes you, it forces you to be very efficient with your meeting time because o OU compliance is going to continue to make sure that this program is following the hour limits 
Exactly. Right. That that's still going on. So mother nature has not been, has not been, I don't want to say too kind. Maybe the kids enjoyed it. You know, maybe they're like, yeah, this is awesome. We don't have to work out, but it hasn't, it hasn't gone perfectly, but it's okay. But I, I was, I was talking to a member of the staff about how coaches stations have been going and continue to hear the same thing from everyone I talked to said, guys are working hard. You know, they're, 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 they're having some leaders emerge and, you know, I, I asked them what guys have kind of stood out from a leadership standpoint. And it was interesting. First day, he mentioned Justin Broyles. And you, you see him kind of on the, you know, some of these hype videos that OU football has put out on Twitter, but I, I, I don't mind, right? It's a guy that's played a lot of football. And I, I think that a guy that certainly has been, you know, through the ups and downs that you go through as a player, but thought that was interesting. That was the first name that came up, Justin Broyles. The other names, Braden Willis, your guy. Yes. And then one I really liked hearing, Eric Gray. So that was, yeah. and then Dylan Gabriel came up quite a few times. Uh, they've been really impressed with how quickly he's earning guys' respect and, you know, kind of carving out his leadership role there as the, as the quarterback. But yeah, Broyles, Willis, Gray. It's not bad. And, you know, in coaches' workouts, those are going to be some of your guys that, that kind of shine, right? Some of your leaner skill position guys that can make it through that type of stuff where it's not like an absolute grind. Like your, your bigger guys, it's going to be way more difficult on them and they're maybe not going to be uh, you know, flashing from station to station, like, like some of the smaller guys that are, because you're all doing the same exact thing. So um, that's good to see. My guess is like in some of the individual winter workout stuff, like that you're, you're really uh, meat and potatoes workouts where you're in there moving weight and in the weight room that some of the O-line and D-line are probably having good winners there. Yeah. All right, let's get to call your shot. And we ask you guys who you're hoping emerges as leaders for OU football. This first one comes from Shane Posey one at Shane Posey one sooner Shane on Twitter, he says, I think Braden Willis and Deshaun White will be big-time leaders. So it sounded like Braden Willis is already, you know, b- kind of turning into that guy. But, yeah, Deshaun White, dude's played a lot of football. I mean, yeah, there's no has. doubt about that. And he's one of those guys that just because he has played so much and so experienced, he's smart. Guys like that are critical whenever you're learning a new system, right? Because some of the younger guys just, you know, it was everything that they could do to to try keep their head above water learning last year's system. Now you're going to have to kind of flip it all the way around again. But the older you get, the more you understand concepts. And if you understand concepts, it's way easier to adopt a, a new language. So having guys like that in there are going to be critical. This next one comes from Preston Woods on Twitter. He says, defensively, Jalen Redman should be strong to quite strong. Yeah, that'd be nice. If And that, that, that is one thing that I thought was interesting 
you know, when I was talking to a couple of members of the staff is that no offensive linemen or defensive linemen were mentioned. And you mentioned like coaches stations, not exactly a, a big man's game, but it's also not that surprising when you think about all the guys they lost along that defensive line and all yeah. the guys they lost along the offensive line, right? All that experience at the line of scrimmage, you could hope that Redmond becomes that guy and that the scheme change really elevates what he can do on the field. But leadership along the offensive line and defensive line, man, that's something that's kind of earned on the practice field. Like yeah. that that's something that I think will come out of spring ball more than anything. Like, yes, you you've got your workout warrior guys, but when it when it comes to those positions, it's more of a hey, show me, don't tell me type situation. And I I'm not worried about it because I think their leaders along the line of scrimmage will will emerge as as the season progresses or as as the year progresses and the offseason progresses. But yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something to note. Like there, there's not a ton of experienced guys along the defensive line and offensive line that maybe feel overly comfortable speaking up and trying to assume that leadership role because they maybe haven't played a ton or hadn't played at a high enough level to kind of earn earn that position yeah. as a leader. So yeah, it's it's definitely something to to think about O line D line wise. Here's the thing, man. You can only have so many leaders, you know, and every position group is going to have like on a, on that scale, there's going to be a leader of each kind of position group. Usually it's your older established guys and then offensive and defensive, you're going to have leaders on either side of the ball there. But I mean, there's only, there's only so many guys and your best player doesn't always have to be your leader. Like a lot of times it just, it kind of works out that way, but like offensive line and defensive line, I guess center is a little bit different position. A lot of times you guys are end up being a, a leader of the entire offense, but a lot of times like your big tackles and, and like your big defensive tackles don't want anything to do with that. They just want to go out there and dominate their position and dominate the guy across from them. So I don't think it's anything to get too worried about. I'm with you. All right. Birthday shout outs time. Happy third birthday to Jackson Oliver Ryan Jenkins. What a name. Woo, Jackson. Happy birthday. Happy 13th birthday to seven Sophie Kim. Did I, is that right? Yeah. S-E-B-I-N. That's right. Happy birthday, seven. Happy 17th birthday to Jacob Taylor Curtis. What's going on here? What's with the uh, the quadruple and triple names? Happy I, birthday, Jacob. I write down what I'm sent. That's what's <laughs> going on here. Happy 23rd birthday to Chipper Skelton. Happy birthday, Chipper. Happy 29th birthday to Big Dan Henson. Happy birthday, Big Dan. Happy 33rd birthday to Jacob Morrow. Happy birthday, Jacob. Morrow, Morrow, M-O-R-R-O-W. How do you say that, Morrow? I, I would say Morrow. But... I would too. I when I said Morrow, I was like, that's not right in my head. <laughs> Morrow, sorry, Jacob. Happy, oh, happy fortieth birthday to Doctor Travis Ring. Happy birthday, Doc. Happy forty fifth birthday to Sheldon Lamy. 
Happy birthday, Sheldon. That's right, right? L-A-M-E-Y? Lamey? Yep. Happy 46th birthday to Boryana Trapman. Happy birthday, Boryana. That's got to be right. Happy 48th birthday to Marlon Houston Sr. Happy birthday, Marlon. Happy 76th birthday to Kay Tuccielli. Tuccielli. Okay. T-U- Double C E double L I, and they sent a pronunciation. I was like, "That's to Chelly," but they sent to Chelly. Okay, Chelly. Happy birthday, Kay. Happy birthday to Jared Lyons. Happy birthday, Jared. Happy birthday to Dave Vincent. Happy birthday, Dave. Happy birthday to Doctor Bill Bailey. Double doctors. Happy birthday, Doctor Bill. Happy birthday to Derek Swink. Happy birthday, Derek. Happy 51st wedding anniversary to Lynn and Shelly Lowry. Happy anniversary, Lynn and Shelly. And last but certainly not least, Derek Kendall. We are thinking of you and praying for you. Sorry about that accident, but you're going to kill the rehab, man. Don't you worry. You'll get through it. Um, We're thinking about you, Derek. All right. Brian Osamoa. Our guy. But first, attention business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors, to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Guys, spring is right around the corner. Maybe, hopefully, but does the weather matter? Because it's always hard seltzer season. There's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink in the hot tub, by the fire, and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic drive-in flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water, or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. All right, here he is. Here's Brian Osamoa. It is our pleasure to be joined by a former linebacker. Yes, former. You're getting old, man. Former linebacker for the Oklahoma Sooners. Mr. Brian Osamoa is in the house. What's going on, man? Super excited and blessed to be on this call with two Oklahoma legends. Um, I mean, so you guys are all around the hall. So I'm in elite company right now, and I'm excited that I am. Well, you're the legendary one, my friend. Had a huge senior bowl, which, you know, that, that is a, that's a weird world to go into, right? A lot of unknown with coaches and players you've never been with. But, man, you shined. Uh, got the, the Linebacker of the Week award. How was that whole experience? So, what people really don't know about um, that whole senior bowl situation, I actually took 20 hours, uh, what's it called, the fall semester, to put myself in a position to go to the senior bowl. Um, but that whole experience was amazing. I got to uh, showcase my abilities um, in front of NFL scouts, GMs, and 
obviously the Jets organization who was really coaching me. Um, like I said, it was fun, and I feel like I made the most of it. You absolutely did. Um, getting getting the player of the week at your position is it's a big deal because your teammates are the ones that vote on it. So that is that's an honor. Now, when you were headed down there, right? What were you what were you focused on showing? Not only the the team that was coaching you, but all the NFL teams that are down there. What what did you really want to show the, all of them that you were capable of and that you you could show them you can improve on what may be viewed of any of your weaknesses? So the first thing that I thought about before I went down there is that I, I want to be the best football player um, down there at, in Mobile. So obviously that was a goal of mine to be, uh, win the linebacker MVP award. But the thing that I, I wanted to also show these NFL scouts and GMs is that I can cover, I can run sideline to sideline and, and play extremely fast to show that I can, I'm a three-down linebacker. And I feel like I did those things. Um, I think I believe I lost only two one-on-one reps between the uh, running backs and tight ends. And, um, you know, something that I can also play downhill because I know the, the situ- uh, there was a, a notion that Osimo couldn't play downhill because he's undersized, but I killed all that noise. And, and just like I said, I, I showed my ability to play downhill um, first and second down, but also cover on third down as well. You mentioned uh, playing sideline to sideline, and I don't know who said you can't come downhill. That's one of my favorite things about you is when you trigger and you go, uh, mm-hmm. you make some great plays. But, you know, my biggest like, pet peeve watching football is when guys don't run to the ball. And it seems easy. It seems like, well, gosh, all you got to do is just run to the ball. But it's not. It's hard. It's, it's it is. It's a mindset, and the whole time your body and your mind is telling you, stop, slow down. You may have a whole drive here. Don't waste all your energy on this one play, but you are excellent at flying to the ball. And my guess is down there, that stuck out to those coaches big time. Definitely. And and like you said, during the season, man, I feel like I showed that uh, drastically. Um, I practiced like that way, so then the games were completely easy. I practiced – running to the ball every single play. Um, and then, you know, when it got to game days on Saturdays, like, it was effortless. I, I could you do that all. can't flip the switch in a game. A lot of people think you can. you, yeah. you got to practice it. And, and what you do in practice really is going to show on Saturdays as well. So, I mean, you could – honestly, I could show you any clip of me in practice and you uh, – who is that guy? And it's just, you know, it's awesome. Always. So, um, just going out there and doing it again uh, in front of now – the NFL GMs and scouts was just a, it was like another day for me because it's not fake. It's all real. You're getting the authentic Brian Osmo that's going to play extremely hard, play with extreme effort. And, and that's something that you can't coach. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I, I controlled that. And that's something that I wanted to show drastically. So w- when you were down there, you know, one of the, one of the things about the senior bowl is it, it's not just the practices, right? It, it's all the meetings. It's the psychological testing. It's, it's all that stuff. When, when you were getting to know some of these teams, what, what were some of the things that they were kind of bringing up? Because usually, at, at least in Ted and in, in my experience, you, you kind of see these themes where a lot of teams will ask you about similar things. What, what were a couple of those things that the teams were asking you about? So I was thrown off by the ballpark about um, you know, one of the questions. Uh, it's like, would you rather be a dog or a cat? And obviously I said dog because I'm an alpha alpha and I wanted to, I'm, I'm a leader. So that's what, um, you know, some of the things I were asked, but I also asked about, you know, just, you know, the defense, 
uh, what was your roles in the defense, how the defense orchestrate around you. Um, it's pretty similar, sim- simple and similar questions to, you know, what you would get out of like someone trying to interview interview you um, for a job application. So they're trying to get, you know, to know me as a person, uh, my family background, um, who who is involved in this entire situation with me. And it was pretty simple other than that. Um, yeah. So what what is, number one, what was your size whenever you got down there, whenever you did like the official weigh-in and all of that stuff in front of everyone? And um, like for me personally, I don't think size matters at all to play linebacker. Mm -hmm. I don't. When you play at the right technique and you're explosive, I I don't think it matters at all. But was that something that was brought up about, about size or can you gain weight or any of that stuff? Question that was um, asked about and brought up was that, um, you know, what's my comfortable playing weight? Obviously, I played the season at 228, but the whole entire thing and how, um, you know, I weighed kind of low at the senior bowl is because that day prior, we, so we, we had, as soon as we got to Mobile in that morning, we took uh, five hours, five hours worth of psychological testing. So we really didn't get a chance to eat, to be honest. So then obviously my weight was kind of um, brought down from not be, being able to have breakfast and lunch that day and then uh, just, getting straight into that psychological testing. But other than that, like you said, size doesn't really matter when you're playing linebacker spot. Who wants it more between you and, and the other guy standing in front of you? Um, but, you know, questions that were asked were, you know, what's your comfortable playing weight? Um, and, and where do you see yourself playing, you know, in the defense? So, so I, I, I talked to a couple guys that were down in Mobile, and one of them, after seeing you, guys that, you know, do the NFL – draft stuff for a living, uh, put together the mock drafts and all that stuff. And one of the guys texted me and he was like, Hey, do you think Osamoa could lose a little weight and play safety? <laughs> did, did that come up with anything that is that something that, that came up with anybody or was it all, Hey, we're talking about playing linebacker here. So, so they, they, so two questions were asked about like, like, where do you see us? Where do you see yourself playing on, on this defense? Uh, you know, positions that people your size or people that we want to bring in could, you know, play all three positions. So that's like Mike, Sam, and, you know, sometimes traditionally in a certain defense, that Sam backer is kind of like that rover that could play the safety and get to the post, get to the flats, all the other things. So they just ask questions like, what do you feel comfortable playing? Yeah, you know, Michael, Will, Sam, if we need you, you know, do this certain things. And, um, and also, like you said, um, playing safety, you also have to be able to cover. So, in that same in that traditional uh, scheme, like the four three or three four, that same backer is usually you know covered on that number two, so that that kind of possesses that I could also play those three uh, other positions on the field as well. It wasn't really brought into like, hey, could you play safety? But like, I kind of kind of felt like I that was something that was kind of like could be talked about before, you know, like later on going into the the season, you know, with whatever team I'm with. But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not you know throwing any option out as to what uh, position I'm going to play because I feel like um, you, want, you want 11 guys on the field, that's good at doing one job. Um, you don't want one guy doing 11 jobs. So just put me on the field and, and tell me what job I need to do and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. If you're paying me, I'll play anywhere you want. I'll be a punter <laughs> if you want me to. Uh, so whenever you met with different teams and stuff, was there was there anyone that – it just clicked like you felt like maybe a linebacker coach or D coordinator, maybe a head coach that you, you just, I really like this guy. I, I like, I like what they're talking about. I, w- I would fit in with them. There were several teams like that. 
Um, the first day I got there, when we had our informal meetings, um, the team grabbed me right away, like as soon as I sat down. So I kind of, okay. And then, you know, we were having connections. Uh, are you asking me to tell you the teams that um, I had those connections with? Sure. Uh, so um, talk to the Bears, you know, you know, just because they have a linebacker needs, um, Panthers. I talked to, honestly, all the teams, but the teams that I had connections with, you know, just because of the strength of them having one, or wanting someone to play alongside a certain individual. Um, those are the teams where I clicked that and things that they, they wanted to see me and how I could perform next to this individual, how I could learn uh, with this individual. So, so. D- down there, did you – one of my favorite things about going to the Senior Bowl is, like, I, I, I still – talk to some of the guys on like a weekly basis that I went down there with that I didn't know at all before heading into that process where did, did you become close to any guys from other schools or anything like that I know that you had quite a few OU guys down there and that that brings some you know just kind of a level of comfort to that situation but did you get to know and, and become friends with any of those other guys it's kind of funny um you know I met some Iowa State guys uh, Charlie Kohler, um, he's a, he's a great dude, very smart football player as well. That's the guy that I kind of built a connection with, um, throughout the entire practices and also some Baylor guys like Jalen Petrie, um, forget the, uh, Terrell Bernard, just guys that played in the big 12. Um, you know, cause obviously the talk around the, those, those uh, environments are, you know, which team is the best team or which conference is the best conference. So, um, a lot of the times me and the other guys had to stick up for the Big 12 Conference because it's kind of looked upon as down or whatever. But, you know, I had a connection with, you know, guys that were on my team, like Jalen Petrie. Um, he was a nickel, so really, a lot of the times me and him were working together. Or that I'm in man, and he has to go to the post, or he is, he's in man, we're both on him, and, and he's outside um, on that run fit. So that was one of the guys. Um, very good football player, very smart football player as well. So what's next? You you checked off the Senior Bowl. That was a win. You handled your business down there. Now you've got the combine coming up. So I'm guessing like all the training and everything going into that. Yes. Yeah, so I've been training uh, at Exos Arizona um, so far. Obviously, it's coming to an end because the combine is uh, next week. But um, yeah, the, the, the thing that's next for me is just trying to go kill the combine. Um, you know, all the hard work that I put in for the uh, last eight weeks. Um, to put myself in a position to go out there and just dominate it um, all, around, all around the board. So uh, I'm excited for that opportunity because it's just another opportunity that's going to present itself and show what we guys out. You know what I mean? It's going to it's going to show what guys can do from an athletic standpoint. And I feel like um, I'm going to be able to, to showcase my abilities once again in front of a lot of people on, on a big stage. Okay. What are you going to run? I know I know how the combine prep works, right? I trained right down the road from where you're training, where you trained for the combine. I know you got some times. I'm just – Teddy and I, we've been talking about you going to the combine and flying when it comes to the 40. You, you don't have to – maybe – Maybe don't give us the low time. Maybe give us, you know, kind of give one of the range. higher times. Yeah, like a range. I'm, I'm just going to say four five. Yeah. That'll four, five, do it. Perion said he's going to run four eight. If, I'll tell you what, if Perion runs four eight, man, he's going to get paid. So I agree. That's what I told him. I said, if you run four eight, just run right out of the building. Don't even nah, do anything else. That, that'll be his last day. He's going <laughs> to see, see you at Pro Day, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. but now I'm just going to say 4-5, man. Um, you know, been with a lot of great coaches down here, like John Barlow and Nicholas Hill. Um, been just continue to work on that technique of getting out the start um, and uh, continue that top-end speed. Those are, you know, some things that I worked on and, and try to just perfect. Really and truly, they just they taught me how to run. And um, you know, I appreciate all of that that they did for me. You were you were pretty good at the running thing already, man. But <laughs> when it when it comes to the training, like how how intense has it been for you? I don't think people realize like you're going in twice a day. You're on the meal plan, like all the they stuff that goes into it. I don't realize that. I think the hardest thing um, within that whole entire process is like you have to lock in into to that because, for instance, if you're in a place like Arizona, there's a lot of distractions all around you. You know. It's Arizona, a beautiful place, has a bunch of outdoor activities. Um, but you have to put, you really have to hone in on, you know, really treat this like a job, to be honest. Um, you know, like you said, going in two, two times a day, uh, getting the proper sleep, because honestly, the best recovery is, is sleep. So, um, you know, you know that you work at a 10 o'clock, you know that you don't want to go to sleep at 12. You should go to sleep at a, a, a 11 and still get nine hours of sleep to, to make that workout and dominate the workout because, it's kind of like, I wouldn't say it's kind of fast, but like you could get lost in this process if you just don't, you don't focus because of the, the, um, the outside noise or the things that's surrounding you. Um, but the two times a day workouts, I wouldn't say it's pretty simple. Um, we work out, we do our speed training in the morning and then have a little two hour uh, break. Then we come back for uh, our lifting sessions. And then it depends on week to week where we have our position drills with our coaches and stuff like that. But Honestly, man, like I said, man, I, I, I had a fun time doing this entire experience with these guys. Um, been with phenomenal coaches like Nick, uh, Nick Hill and, and John Barlow, guys that um, I came to with goals. And, you know, we're really and truly like I get to show, you know, if I reached it or not, you know what I mean, what I'm going to do. So um, they, they've, they've helped me become a better, um, I guess, athlete within the, the last eight weeks and, and enhance my abilities to, to see the things I can be better at. So it's hard right now, you know, um, whenever you're done with college and, you know, you got the senior bowl in the combine and it's a lot, and there's a lot of pressure there, but it's nice to be kind of out on your own and, and there's time between workouts and you kind of do what you want. It's nice, but so it's a little bit different. I, I think you become sentimental, maybe looking back a little bit later, but Whenever you look back at your your career at OU, you got. Do you have some favorite moments, some favorite games, like uh, whether it's on the field, off the field, just things that stood out to you? Definitely. And, and like you said, when you have that free time, man, you know what do you normally do? For me, I, I just watch film because I'm like, I, I kind of you know see things I could did better when watching those um, those clips uh, on, on X or XO. Um, but things that I feel like I cherish the most. Um, you know, out of my entire college experience is winning championships. Um, obviously, we, we fell very short of our goal this year, um, but we could never get rid of the facts of winning, you know, Big 12 championships because it, it took a lot of hard work to get in that position and actually finishing the deal. Um, so championships was the best thing. I think also the, 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 the best part about, you know, just college football and this experience itself is that the people around you, the, the camaraderie that you built, you know, with, you know, guys in the locker room, um, just those relationships, because after this is really going to be business, you know what I mean? Um, but nah, I think the best, the best part for me was, you know, winning championships with my teammates is probably the best thing for me and, and, and being able to push each other to 
for one ultimate goal was the best thing for me that I enjoyed um, out of my entire college experience. Um, there's some things you wish you could change, man, but it is what it is, man. You, you live and you learn, man, and you just continue to, to move. So I, I definitely want to get into the 2021 <laughs> season with you. Uh, like, like you said, it little, <laughs> little short of expectation. That's a good way of putting it. Very but short. I, I want to ask you about opting out for the bowl game. Because when you did, I, I remember seeing that and being like, okay, yeah, I, I'm not sure when he's going to get drafted, but that, that couldn't have been an easy decision for you. And I, what, what all went in to that decision and who helped you make that decision? What kind of information did you gather to make that decision? Because I, I feel like it's a, it's a significantly more complicated decision than people may realize. So the things that went into that decision was, first of all, we didn't have a coach. So I didn't know who's going to be, I didn't know who's going to be coaching us at the bowl game. So that was one thing. Uh, another thing was that, uh, like you said, didn't have an active DC as well. Uh, they all left. Um, and then just really sitting back on my college career, the things that I've accomplished, uh, really just honestly bettered on myself. Um, believed that, I had a great college career in my last two seasons um, and I put myself in a position to get drafted. Um, I think the next thing for me was like, okay, what more can you do in that bowl game to, to really just show um, that you haven't shown throughout the entire season already or the last two seasons. Um, the people that helped me with that decision, that was, it was my, my family, um, you know, my parents and my brothers, uh, guys that helped me within this, this entire process of life, to be honest. Um, my agent as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was a tough decision because, you know, you don't want to really be seen as a quitter. And I feel like in that moment, you're kind of seen as a quitter because you're putting on your team um, in that last one. But uh, at the end of the day, you got to make the best decision for yourself. And I feel like I did that. And um, like I said, I, I was blessed to come out of college with no injuries um, and, and put myself in a position to go out there and compete uh, for the senior bowl. Um, I feel like a, a bowl game that honestly really mattered and helped me become a better football player and also helped my stock uh, within this, this draft process. So, uh, yeah, it, it was tough, but, you know, I think the best thing for me that was exciting is that we got that, that last one. So uh, it, it was exciting for that. We found out who our coach was after that. You know, Coach Venables is going to be phenomenal coach for OU and, you know, kind of just left the, the program in good hands. So, the 21 season, it was, it was interesting. You know, you guys were nine and zero at one point, undefeated, but there was a weird feeling around it. What was it like inside the locker room? Is that that the year kind of played out, seeing that you're undefeated, knowing that it just there were some things that didn't feel right. Like, how did the whole thing unfold? So, I think that one of the toughest parts of that entire season was winning games, but it felt like you were losing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we were not in no at a point, but the close games, we really didn't, we really didn't understand that even though these games are close, we're still winning and, and really having that appreciation for winning. Um, inside the locker room, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on on the field with uh, position battles, uh, well, well, some other things that were going on with just, you know, the lack of play from different sides of the ball, you know, whether it's offense, whether it's defense, 
um, you know, not playing to a certain level of standard for both both sides because we held ourselves to a higher standard. So I think that was the toughest part because we had an idea of we were, we were extremely talented on, on, on the, uh, the entire depth chart. So to, to sit there and, and, you know, have close games with Kansas and, uh, you know, just not really knowing what's what's the problem uh, was extremely tough. But at the end of the day, we still believe that, you know, if we take one game at a time and, and we're winning those one games at a time, uh, we got to put ourselves in a position to continue to do that and uh, continue to, to appreciate practice, uh, to, to continue to appreciate winning. Um, was, those were the big things for me. Um, but, you know, other than that, you know, everything was pretty normal. Um, we just had to have an appreciation of things that um, isn't really appreciated, like winning when you come to a program like Oklahoma because you're expected to win and you usually do win. So uh, it, it was a complete turnaround, though, from what uh, our goals was because obviously it was a national championship. Um, like I said, we were extremely talented throughout the entire depth chart. From a defensive standpoint, we had the best front four in the entire America, uh, in the United States of America. You know, we had the best linebackers. Uh, we had a very experienced um, secondary. So um, to fall short of a goal um, that we had, you know, placed in, in the summer, it's, it's extremely frustrating because you know how much work you put into it. Um, and, and to see the way to end it is kind of tough. You mentioned you know, falling short of expectation, maybe not reaching your potential, just looking at the defensive side of things, right? Because, you know, you were one of the more consistent guys on the defense. Like, what do you think it was? Why Why do you think the defense never came together the way that a lot of people, including myself, thought it would? I, mean, I think you just kind of said it. We didn't. We didn't play together. Um, yeah, that's really the big, the biggest thing for me, man. We didn't really play together, and, and we hit our strides at some point, though. Like, um, I believe a, a big turning point for us was um, as a defense. It was probably Texas Tech. I think we allowed uh, probably fourteen points um, as a defense. So going into that bye week, we knew and we understood um, the level of ball we have to play to continue this, this streak of winning, you know what I mean? Um, obviously, after uh, Iowa State, I believe we played Baylor and we lost. But at the end of the day, though, we, for three quarters, we didn't finish. I think that's also a big thing for us as a defense. We didn't finish. We didn't play four, four quarters of football, and that could go for defense or the entire you know team as well. Um, we didn't finish as a, as a whole or as a unit on both sides of the ball. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of like my word, man. We didn't finish, like, throughout the – the three quarters of Baylor, we were we, we allowed what seven points or fourteen points, and then that second quarter, that that fourth quarter, they scored um, fourteen. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me as a whole would, would be finish. Man, we got to do a better job of finishing um, and, and really understanding that there's four quarters of football and you can only win the game in the fourth quarter. So, take that, us that, through. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, take us through. Like what went through your mind? Like so, you guys, you played the the OSU game up in Stillwater. You come home. Um, I don't know, probably preparing to do your typical Sunday stuff, and you go up to the team meeting, and then word starts to get out that Lincoln Riley, which you know he had just said the night before, like he's not going to LSU, which is kind of where all the smoke was. <laughs> what, what 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 through your what went through your mind and like 
your teammates, your roommates, like, what was that like whenever you found out he was leaving going to USC? So that day, it was kind of odd for everyone because we usually, we usually don't have Sunday meetings. So something was in speculation that day. Um, we were all, a lot of guys were getting treatment. I was in the treatment office getting treatment in my body. And, uh, you know, we had an abrupt uh, prompt, impromptu meeting in the red room, in our team meeting room. So we're all sitting there uh, waiting for Coach Riley to come down and, and talk to us. And then obviously the, the media broke before he could even come into the, the room. And obviously we knew what was happening before he spoke. But at the same time, I mean, we're all in shock. But I think one thing that, you know, isn't, isn't really um, understood is that he made a decision best for him and his family. Um, you know, a lot of times when, when you put yourself in a position like him, um, you're kind of ridiculed for making a decision that's not best for the entire whole, you know what I mean, or the state of Oklahoma. But at the end of the day, he made the best decision for himself and his family. And, and that was, you know, something I kind of respect out of him. Um, because at the end of the day, if all of us had that opportunity, if we were head coaches, we'd make the same decision, you know, because it was a better opportunity for himself and, you know, to, for, for his self and his legacy, you know what I mean? Um, but the entire thing was, was, was shocking um, and not knowing what was going on the entire or what would go on the rest of the season or what would go on um, next year, not knowing who our coach was. Uh, but then Bob Soups came, so it was kind of it was kind of exciting to see like legend. I never I never seen Bob Soups in my entire life, uh, other than like you know seeing him around the facility a little bit. But I like just to be coached by Bob Soups or just be like I don't know. It was kind of crazy. It, it was a, it was a, like complete. It was a, it was an exciting feeling, man. Just Bob Soups is calling calling meetings and you know leader leadership meetings and you know just talking to him, addressing to him how we want things you know, to move forward and stuff like that. And the things that he was saying that I kind of, you know, spoke out to me was like, um, this Oklahoma program is built on the players and not anyone else. And just, he has that respect and appreciation for his players, man, or just players in general, because we're the ones that put the work in and go out there and, and fight for four quarters. So, um, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, yeah but you know, just having an appreciation for the game itself and how much work we put into it. So we really can't get upset. But at the end of the day, man, he, best, he made the best decisions for him and his family. We were all shocked. But, I mean, it, honestly, it is what it is, man. You know, life keeps going. So so as far as as far as far kind of the fallout of that, right, you, you see, you know, uh, Latrell McCutcheon end up at USC. You see Caleb Williams end up at USC. Do – were you surprised that – more guys didn't end up out there, right? Because it does seem like Brent Venables was able to kind of all things considered, keep it together pretty well from a roster standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say two sides of that. So guys leaving, like I said, that's, that's another opportunity for guys to, you know, get a fresh start, you know, necessarily, um, you know, guys like, you know, Latrell, Mario, Caleb, they, they're making, you know, the best decision for them and their family as well. Um, they feel like they were granted a better opportunity at USC. You can't blame them because, you know, with this whole entire transfer portal thing, you know, it's kind of looked upon as like, oh, you're quitting on your football team as well. But no, guys are making, you know, the best best decision for them. I mean, if that was the consideration, why are we ridiculing, um, you know, NFL players as well for wanting to leave a, a certain organization? No, they're making you know, a good decision for them and their family as well. Um, and then with the 
Brent Venable situation and how uh, he kept you know a, a, a great roster together for our 2022 season. I I, I mean I, I'm all bought into the Coach Venables um, system. I, I wish honestly I was able to play with him uh, because I kind of see his mindset, his approach to a lot of things. Um, a big t- like really team first mentality, defending the standard, just all the things that I, I would appreciate out of a, a head coach, man, is just, you know, his, his appreciation for the game of football and how much, like he knows how much you have to put in to, to get that ultimate goal because he's won the championships. He's had, you know, all types of accolades. So like I said, I wish I was able to play in front of his, uh, or play for him and in, in his, in like his defense. Cause I know next year is going to be crazy. And I, it's going to be very exciting to see you know, the group that he leads uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners next year. Have you had a chance to meet him or talk to him or, uh, maybe hear like what the guys are saying so far. So I, I talked to him um, one time and that was the last time I talked to him. But one thing I do respect and appreciate out of him is that he continues to like, he'll text me on Twitter. He'll repost me like I just, th- and I don't, I really don't even know the man. So it's just kind of seemed like the type of person he is. And then now just seeing, you know, oh, you post guys, happy birthday. Like it's the little things, you know what I mean? With, within the program and um, to see it, you know, a guy that doesn't, doesn't really know me, um, and, and see him text me on Twitter all the time and also, you know, retweet, you know, something that I posted on Twitter and, and quote retweet it. It's just kind of cool because like it's their, it, he's, he's trying to build a relationship and that's what I see. Like he's trying to build a relationship with the guy that has already left and, 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 you know, did what he's did at Oklahoma. So I can only imagine what he's doing with the guys there. Um, but also some things that I've, I, I have heard about, um, what's been going on at the University of Oklahoma and, and its program, they're, they're implementing a, a new recovery system. And that was a big thing for us because we wanted to implement or find ways for guys to recover faster for the, um, for the week. Um, we're, the guys are eating extremely better than what we were eating. Uh, they're having meals on Sundays now. I saw that today on uh, people's social medias. Um, and then the third one was that, you know, they're having more, they're having more, um, team gatherings, team, team activities. They're doing things from a, a standpoint that we necessarily didn't have before, which is building that, like that team, honestly, team chemistry. You know what I mean? So like I said, he, he's, he's, he's found something that has worked at Clemson and he's bringing it to Oklahoma. And I can only see the, the switch and the change that's going to, that's going to do for our program itself from nutrition standpoint and recovery. I, those alone, I'm excited to just to see the transition to, you know, the difference. And then also I, I heard he doesn't play around with academics. So yeah, I, I just know it's going to be a big difference. Um, you know, just from a standpoint of a standard, um, it's, it's, a, it's a complete difference um, from what we, we've been seeing before. I would say. You, I, now I'm sure you're going to get drafted very high. You're going to have a great rookie year and then you're going to come back and do summer workouts with Schmitty, right? That's the plan. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so excited I didn't get a chance to work. I'm getting my message. I heard, <laughs> I heard, I heard a lot of great things about Coach Smitty. Um, you know, a lot of my my, my friends back at OU, like Deshaun, has told me that Smitty does not play around at all. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I'm more of a guy that's gonna <laughs> that likes to work out in the West Coast. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I heard a lot of bad things about Smitty, so I, I kind of I wouldn't want the same experiences as the guys I've heard. Um, but Nah, man. Um, if it gives me an opportunity to go out there and work out with him, man, I, I'm sure I'll, I'd, I'd kill it. So I'm not challenging him, but I just—that's just my mindset. I'm gonna kill the—I'm gonna kill the workout. So yeah. 
Take your time. You don't need to worry about that. You got plenty of stuff on your plate. Eat it's going to be a long year, man. It's going to be a long year. This is the longest year I heard. Of Dude, just oh, my God. Football. You go from Senior Bowl to Combine, then the draft, which the draft is later now. You used to get drafted. It was, the draft is early, and then you went right into rookie minicamp. It's a little bit different, but it's still – it doesn't stop. And then you go straight into a, a season that's got 20 games. It's, it's a lot, man. That's tough. And I guess my question for you – you guys would be um, – what, what are some things that you guys want to see out of the Oklahoma program next year? I I would prefer they win every game. That's <laughs> number one. No, I, I, and you, you may disagree, but I would like to see a, a more dominant presence at the line of scrimmage, offensive mm-hmm. line, defensive line. Mm-hmm. And I know that – Maybe the scheme changed defensively. Um, Schmitty being back uh, will will help those things, but that that is what I thought was the biggest issue. Like this is a this is a program these last you know several years. Like you 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 dominated the line of scrimmage, and in a couple of the games you guys lost, it just you guys got controlled at the line of scrimmage, and that just. That can't happen, especially with the SEC. You know, whenever that move comes, like you got to start building now. So that's like the number one thing I'm looking for. I know people, you know, want to see Dylan Gabriel and want Marvin Mims to have a massive year and all that stuff. Man, this game forever. I mean, uh, until they stop playing this game, it's one and lost in the, the trenches. trenches. So that that's what it is for me, man. That's that's what I'm going to be watching. That's what I'm always watching. But that is – I don't know about you, Ted, but that's that's first and foremost what where I'm looking for the biggest change to happen. Yeah, well, that's – yeah, there's no doubt. That's first and foremost. If I was to add something, this is not fun. No one no one cares about this, but it's special teams, man. I oh can God. go back in that's almost good. every single time OU loses – we get beaten special teams, whether it's having a kick blocked or a kick return for a touchdown, maybe a gaff like uh, on a on a field goal, like something bad happens in special teams, and that usually leads us to to end up losing. And we play with such a, a small margin of error sometimes that we can't afford to give up any of those plays in special teams. So, like I I would like to see like a a real emphasis there. It's been like. I, I can't remember any of the stats, but I think maybe like Lincoln Riley's entire tenure, there was never a kick return for a touchdown. Is that right, Gabe? That's, that's facts. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't think, yeah you're, that's, a, that's a fact right there because I've been that's with crazy. Lincoln Riley for four years. So. And my thing is like we got, we got the best athletes on the field every time we play in our conference. You know, when we go to the playoff, okay, it's a little bit different. But as far as in our conference – we got the best players on the field, which means we should have a big edge in special teams as well. So it's, I'd like to see that. It's crazy that you say that because usually Kansas State is always the you know the team that has the best special teams within the conference. So mm-hmm. I guess um, my other question um, for you guys would be: Who do you guys think um, would be the breakout player on offense and defense? I okay. So I know Teddy's going to go Braden Willis on offense. <laughs> You're right. I was already sitting here thinking it. Braden Willis, my guy. So <laughs> I, I think I would like to see Jalil Farouk. I think that I think he's a guy that the staff's really excited about. You know, kind of building off 
that performance in the Alamo Bowl, uh, hearing some good things about what he's doing right now. And then defensively, that's a good question. I, I'm excited about Stutzman. I am. I, I think hey, he's, he's, I love I love Danny man because <laughs> I was like a I was like I was like a bigger brother to Danny so like I kind of I kind of got to like mess with him a lot um, and obviously I played with him a lot too so like I'm excited I'm very excited of, uh, of Danny Sussman because I know what the things that he can do all he has to do is clear his headspace and Danny would be a phenomenal football player he has all the physical uh, what's it called all the physical tools um, he can run sideline to sideline. He, he, he's very physical at, at the line of scrimmage, like coming downhill and, and tackling. So um, that's, that's a good one too right there. I like Danny Sussman for sure. I'd like to see um, – and I, is it a breakout? I'm not sure, but I'd like to see Jalen Redman turn into the dominant defensive lineman in the conference. Like he's got all the tools. We've seen some flashes. Uh, can he put it together, be consistent? you know, grow that extra little bit. Cause we see he's got the athleticism. He's got the explosiveness. Um, man, I, I, if we're going to be good defensively, there's got to be a guy on that. Like Gabe, you talked about the trenches. Like, if we're going to dominate the trenches, you got to have one of those dudes. And uh, I think it's, it's Redmond's time, man. My last question. All right. I'm enjoying this. I like him <laughs> yeah. interviewing us. This good. is much easier. My, my, my last question. Okay. <laughs> Favorite Brian Osmo memory on the football field? Moment? Yes. Well, this is weird, okay? Because it's a bad it's a bad play for our team. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, it it shows everything that I want in a football player. And I guess what it was the first play of the game against Texas. Okay. The 75 yard touchdown to yeah. whoever that, that the, guy the is. Most yeah. worthy. Yes, yep. So whenever I see a guy pass, well, it pisses me off more than anything. <laughs> but I get furious whenever I see a defender pass his own jersey, right? Mm-hmm. But on that play, you are like you're out of it, right? You're out of it. You're not. You're not going to make the play. But you and I, anyone that watches this, go watch this play. You, you might put it on there. there. You might put it on there. Yeah, we may insert <laughs> it. You. We won't. Are... I, I. I can assure you, we will not do that because I do all the video <laughs> editing, and I. I'm not doing that, guys. We, we don't have the skill for that. Um, I've got the skill, but I don't want the, that. There's a copyright issue. It's. It's, it's a little there, there's more to this. See, you don't know the levels to the <laughs> podcasting game, Brian. <laughs> but you you are you're totally out of the play, but you're a thousand miles an hour. You pass like three OU guys, you pass like two Texas guys, and you are uh, is you are running as fast as you can until the play is totally over. Yeah. And People, it, it, it's it's hard to explain to people like how hard that is to do, because like I said, everything in your body, like your all of your um, instincts are telling you to stop running. You're out of it. Save your energy. Save it for next play. Mm-hmm. But guys that do that don't go anywhere. And yeah. to me, that play stuck out to me, and I think about it all the time. 
I, I, that guys that could do that go places. Okay, appreciate you. Gabe, mine, you? mine was, and, and you guys lost the game, but that doesn't matter. Uh, what are you talking about? Yeah, the hit on RJ Sneed. I think it was RJ Sneed in the Baylor game. Yeah, receiver. You you light him <laughs> up, and I think it was Benito that jumped on it. Yeah. But I just remember that it, it's that I was always a huge fan of the speed that you played the game with. And that was what, like, that was, that was a moment where I was like, okay. And this guy can thump a little bit. Like that is when, you know, I, I Teddy and I have been believers in you for, for a long time, but you would have, you were always the guy, at least in the 2021 season, you, you were like the – you were the guy that always flashed for us, you know, in the back seven. Mm-hmm. And that was that was just another example of that. Would have been way cooler if you won the game, but, you know. Absolutely. Definitely. That was, that was a tough one. But we got to finish, so, yeah. That, I, I think you, your first – I think the – was it the first defensive play? Oh, you Texas? No, no, no. This This year. Was it this year or was – am I thinking of last year whenever you blew you, that dude – Missouri State? Yeah, was that last year? Yeah, like last. very first play. <laughs> that was my first game ever started. No, yeah. no offense, but the like the career highlight can't be against Missouri State. I know. Guys. I just, just I'm trying to I'm, I'm sorry. I know that play. I'm sorry, we Dang, can't go damn, there. That's how you feel, man. Nah, you he blew that dude up though. That's what yeah, happened. Correct. You, yeah, that's what and you should feel bad about it. <laughs> hey, I, I, hey, I I at least appreciate you holding me to a higher standard, okay? That's right. See, it's the standard now. Awesome. Oh, it's the standard. And we're, Hey man, we're, we're fired up for you. I uh, can't wait to see you run a, a four, five, one at the combine, <laughs> but Hey, keep, keep up the hard work, man. We're, we're all set. When do you, what, what day's linebackers? I think Saturday night. Ooh, prime time. Prime time. Uh, hey, <laughs> guys come out prime time. So it's time to show out. All right, man. Well, good luck, and we really appreciate the time, bro. No, I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you so much. He's going to run really fast. I hope so. I I feel like he's sandbagging us with the 4-5 or thing. It's always smart. Always smart to sandbag. You don't want to put some crazy expectations out there. And, hey, the combine – no number is, is out of the question. It's That's a tough track to run fast on. Yeah. All right. Let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, concussions are a part of football. They don't have to be a part of your pool party. Nip the slip with Soft Rocks Rubber Safety Surfacing and spend more time enjoying your outdoor parties and less time worrying about a slip and fall on your pool deck. Soft Rock of OKC specializes in customized slip-resistant decorative rubber surfacing for your pool decks, patios, walkways, and gym floors. Local business owners Heidi and Cody Clark at Soft Rock of OKC are ready to help you prevent that next slip. Visit softrock.com slash OKC. That's S-O-F-T-R-O-C dot com slash OKC for more information. The Clarks also own the Driveway Company. The Driveway Company has tailored solutions to eliminate all of your driveway problems. They can repair cracks, clean and seal your rotting grass field joints to prevent water damage, ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs. 
Visit thedrivewaycompany.com slash OKC for all of your driveway repair needs. Learn more about Soft Rock and the Driveway Company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405-294-9834. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Oh, you men's hopes. Let's go. Let's go. Got the W. It, come on, it almost, it almost uh, got out of hand there in the closing minutes, but they were able to lock it up. Um, it was a gritty basketball game. They controlled uh, from early on, and Oklahoma State made a couple of runs, including a run there at the end, but we were able to, uh, to, to go ahead and, and get the win. It was big. It came at a very, very much needed time. Looked like there was a pretty good crowd in there. It was nice for them to get what they lost, I think, 11 of the last 13. So it was nice of them to, to get that W. And it's going to be tough, but there's still a window of opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. Going to have to probably win out and then do some damage in the conference uh, tournament. But this is uh this win against Oklahoma State was the first step. Yeah, I they were really really good early in that game, right? First half, and they they made Oklahoma State very uncomfortable on the offensive end. I mean, Oklahoma State shot the ball horribly, but I thought that the way that OU defended, you know, had a big part to do with that. Pretty balanced scoring from the Sooners as well, which was nice to see. Wish it wouldn't have gone to overtime. But shout out to a couple of bad turnovers for the Cowboys. Shout yeah. out for the assistants. Yep, yep. It was um, it was wild there at the end, man. We had a couple of bad turnovers. Uh, they hit a couple of big shots. We missed some free throws, and um, you know, I I I will admit, okay, I don't feel good about it, but. Um, I thought they were going to lose once they Oklahoma State closed the distance and sent it to overtime. But uh, kudos to them for having the resolve to be able to go out there and get that win. That was big time. It was. It was fun. It was fun to watch them win. And I just, I was hoping you'd make them your winner of the weekend. You've been, you've I was been tough hoping, on them. I was hoping. I've been waiting for this moment. How do you feel? Okay. How's it feel? Good? It feels good. I was starting to get some hate in the comment section out there. Uh, starting I call, to. <laughs> I just call it how it is, folks. That's it. Come on. Get That's mad it. at me. You, you weren't losing the games. They were. When they <laughs> win, look at you. Hello. That's right. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? Uh, Kyrie Irving. This, this is interesting. So, the vaccine mandate which i think it's 
common knowledge up to this point that Kyrie Irving, unvaccinated, unapologetic about it. But the vaccine mandate is being dropped in New York City. But, which means, you know, um, no longer prohibiting unvaccinated fans from entering the city's many venues, uh, notably the Barclays Center. But the private sector mandate is still going to restrict Kyrie Irving from playing in home games, although he could enter Barclays Center as a spectator. So there's been a lot of talk about this. Uh, You know, Silver has even said that it doesn't make any sense. You would hope there'd be some type of resolution to it. But as of right now, Kyrie Irving still, even though the vaccine mandate is going to be dropped by New York City, still will not be able to play in home games as of right now. That doesn't make sense, right? No, no, no it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, it, I did, did you watch what he did to the Bucks on Saturday night? I watched a lot uh-uh. of that game. Uh-uh. 38. Went on the road in Milwaukee where I guess it's cool. He can play in Wisconsin, but I mean, what? At this point, he can probably play almost everywhere except for what maybe California and New York City. I I would assume it'll change by the playoffs, but man, yeah, it's weird. I, it's yeah, no, you would you would think that you now if you would let everyone else in the building that you'd let the guy play. Why can't my question with that whole thing is why can't he just test right before every game? Like if it's, if it's still a thing, why can't he just do that and then play? Cause I think they stopped testing. Well, he's, why don't they ha- just, he's, he's also already had it. Yeah. I, if I was him, I'd be like, just test me before every game and like, just let me play. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy, but I don't know. I, I think that this deal is going to be resolved pretty quickly. I, I agree. I can't imagine that they, even Adam Silver has has said that it doesn't make sense. I mean, just look at the NFL. <laughs> the NFL had this whole bubble set up for the combine, right? And then everyone's like, yeah, we're not going to come. We're not going to do it. And it's like, all right, we dropped the bubble. Everyone's good to go. <laughs> yeah, never mind. All right. If you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, I got to come up with a way to work in, but first on this one, it's the only one I don't do. It's like, Oh, I'll give you my winners and losers of the weekend. But first, there we go. If you're a whiskey or bourbon, it's so stupid. If you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store and buy some balconies products. You got to grab some of balconies lineage, single malt whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcony's Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. And everyone's catching on. Everyone knows this by now, but it's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcony's Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. In 2012, Balcony's Single Malt won the Best in Glass competition beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen became the first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff 
is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners, yes, they are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconiesdistilling.com. I feel like the the fancy corn line is becoming like our hit song where people <laughs> like know it's coming and you can like pull the mic away and just point it towards the crowd. And yeah, the fancy cord. Come on. What are you guys going to do? The fancy cord. It's great. <laughs> Play the hits. <laughs> Play the hits. <laughs> All right. For my winner of the weekend, we do not talk politics on here, but I had to say something about Ukrainian president Vladimir Zelensky. This quote, I mean, all-time badass list of quotes. I talk about offering him, you know, offering to evacuate him out of the country. Said, I need ammunition, not a ride. All-time badass quote. All-time. Awesome. Yeah, well. Quote of the year. uh, There's no doubt. There's no doubt. They have. um, The horrible situation, man. It is. It is. But, you know. Here's the interesting thing, like social media, which it's so weird. There's, there's, I feel like for every five things I read about the situation, like four of them aren't real or turn out to be not true. But, um, all that being said, social media has really gotten pretty much the entire world on Ukraine's side, right? Because of the stories and everything that you can see in real time coming out of there. So it's been it's been wild. I've I've got Ukrainian roots, man. So oh yeah, yeah. Keep fighting the good fight, Ukraine. Okay. Let's go. Also thought about going with James Harden. He looks pretty good. <laughs> he looks pretty good for the 76ers. They're two and zero with him. Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. They have so much more space to work. They got to be loving life. Harden on Sunday against the Knicks. Twenty nine points, ten rebounds, sixteen assists, five steals. <laughs> I mean. I guess the hammy's fine. James Harden needs to sign like 10 day contracts everywhere. You know, that just, just float around to the NBA, be a mercenary. And, and meanwhile, Ben Simmons, his back hurts. So he, he's not playing yet for the Nets. Oh, so boy. we'll see, but winner of the weekend. Oh, you softball went out to the Marionette classic and went five and oh, moving them to 15 and oh on the season. And pretty interesting, right? Five games, dominated three of them, right? Run ruled Cal State Fullerton in six innings. Casual perfect game there for Jordy Ball. Uh, Run ruled Long Beach State, I think, in five. Run ruled a top 10 Arizona squad in five. That was damn impressive. But really what I thought was most valuable on this trip for them were the wins over Tennessee and Utah. Ted, they played close games. I mean, yep. they played close games. What was that? No, they did. It was great. The Tennessee game, uh, I was on a qu- uh, quick run to Home Depot uh, to pick up a garbage don't disposal. Know. Don't, re- don't know if, if I'll have enough time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had to pick up a garbage disposal and replace one of those. That was no fun. But I did sit in the car in the Home Depot parking lot for – what turned out to be a very extended amount of time listening to Chris Plank call the end of that game, which continued and continued and continued, but was action packed, really cool. Plank did an awesome job on the call. 
uh, felt like I was there. That was awesome. Yeah. And, you know, just some of the highlights of the Tennessee win, right? Because they fell behind, able to force the extra innings. You know, clearly Jada Coleman's walk off, by the way, love that kid's energy. Love it. I'm all about it. But just walks it off with a homer there in the 10th inning. But I, I was impressed. You know, of course, you know, the perfect game was cool, but the way that Jordy Ball handled coming back into that game was was impressive, right? She ends up striking out, I think, 16 mm-hmm. in that game, but came back in the seventh, if my memory serves me correctly, and did some really good things after getting hit. Right? And I, I mean, how many times in that young lady's life has she had runs scored on her? So I, I really like the way she responded coming back in. And then by far the best thing in the Tennessee game, Jocelyn Allo's reaction to being intentionally walked was so funny. I I watched that clip 15 times. I couldn't get enough of it. It was hilarious. Just Just so pissed. (laughs) I understand. I understand. It's got to be frustrating. Um, But gosh, what a what a really cool weekend. And here's the thing, man. And, and I saw a bunch of people tweeting about this, not necessarily OU people, just college softball people. Right. That venue was like overflowing full of people and Damn, packed. Yeah. We're in February, man. That's like a, that's like a postseason type of crowd watching college softball. So the sport is on fire right now. Can't wait for the season. Yeah. And then OU got the win over Utah Sunday, uh, trot wine, Jordy ball, both good in the circle, uh, to get the win there. And, Lots of stars on this team, but pretty cool seeing Riley Boone be the one that turns out to have the game-winning RBI. So we'll keep talking quite a bit of softball on here, people, yep. so don't yep. you worry. We we recognize how much you guys love that team, so we're going to keep talking about it. You know, we, we, we know what the people want us to talk about. We understand that. And, uh, you know, I will say I'm kind of glad that they're playing in some tight games there for right. a while. Oh, yeah. I was like, it could be hard to pay attention if they're going to run rule, run rule everyone the entire season. Do but... you see Radosevich always point? What's he post? Eat, sleep, run, rule, repeat. Pretty <laughs> awesome. It's great. It's cool. It's fun, man. Love it. All right. For our loser, my loser. I don't know why I grouped you in. Sorry, Ted. I don't, I don't know if you think that these people are losers or not. I apologize. My loser of the weekend thought about going with major league baseball. I it agree that. It doesn't seem like the negotiations with the uh, with the Players Association are going well, right? The Monday deadline or else regular season games are going to be lost. Uh, doesn't doesn't sound like a ton of progress yeah. has been made as as of this recording. So we'll we'll see. It's crazy because you see some of the like they're they're like 125. I, I don't know what all the numbers are, but they're kind of they're not that close on the minimum salary that the players are asking for and what, where the owners are, but there's like some players that are going to miss like $200,000 a game or something crazy like that, that they don't play, which I just think is insane, but Hey, that's, that's the business. Yeah, it is. It is, but just figure it out. Just figure it out guys. But my loser of the weekend 
the AP top 10 in college basketball. I mean, what, what was that? A, a historic weekend in college hoops. The first time ever that the top six teams in the AP top 25 have lost on the same day. And the first time ever that seven of the top 10 teams lost on the same day. Number one, Gonzaga just got straight up outplayed and lost at St. Mary's. Number two, Arizona got destroyed in the second half and lost at Colorado by like 14 or 16. Number three, Auburn couldn't hit a three to save their lives. They lose at Tennessee. Number four, Purdue lost on a shot with about a second to go in the game at Michigan State. Number five, Kansas lost at Baylor. Baylor's good. Really no shame in that loss. That Not that big of a deal in my mind. Number six, Kentucky loses at Arkansas. All of a sudden, Arkansas looks like a very dangerous squad with J.D. Note. Like, they, That's they look good. Have you seen uh, – did you see the article that um, uh, I think it was Bruce Feldman put out about college football attendance and how it's down everywhere except for, like, Arkansas is one of the places that had, like, a huge bounce back. So they had a huge bounce back in football attendance, and then they had, like, 30,000 people at their home opener for baseball, and then – uh, they hosted Kentucky, and it was just like packed. Like Arkansas fans are on a run right now. It's crazy. I see you, Arkansas fans. Well done. And then last team that lost, number nine, Texas Tech, goes to Fort Worth and loses to TCU, which was an absolutely massive win for Jamie Dixon's group. But, yeah. Hangover game after that Oklahoma win, that big-time Oklahoma win. <laughs> that, that That's what you're going with? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, yeah, I love it. I love it. You're defending, you're defending OU men's hoops. That's right. By the way, OU women's hoops. Do you see that? Do you see the end of that game? Kind no. of won it. Taylor Robertson three to win it. Wow. It's pretty sweet. Good I, game. I, I think the they are going to make a run in the tournament. We got it. We got to get Ron check on here. She's awesome. Yep. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. But as far as the, all the teams in the AP top 10 losing in college hoops, man, the madness has begun and get it out of your system. Now I, I'm not so sure how, how likely it is that OU basketball makes the tournament seems very unlikely at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, like I was a little sad about that over the weekend and then Saturday happened and it kind of got me re excited for the NCAA tournament, because I was like, dang it. Oh, you probably not going to be in it. What am I going to do? I'm not going to have anyone to root for really. And I just realized like if the Sooners aren't in the NCAA tournament, I will be rooting for chaos for drama. Give me chaos because that's what Saturday was. And I watched a ton of college basketball on Saturday and it was awesome. I loved it. Give me all that. Give me all the upsets. I don't care. Yep. As long as Kansas goes out early, uh, karma, karma. Round of 32, gone. See ya. Number one seed, Kansas, out. So what happens is you cheat, don't get punished for it. What yeah. a scam. <laughs> what a scam. But I, this weekend in college basketball got me excited because I think it could be a really, really fun year for the tournament. I, like, agree. I can't wait. I agree, and I think the Big 12 is going to be in pretty good position. they got some good teams going in. Yep. All right. 
on that note, episode 193 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more.